time to launch a watch party. Praise the Lord. Let's pray one more time. I just feel a, a serious word that this morning for you, for me, and for the nations. So help me in prayer. Lift this message with me. Pray with me. Father God, take this word, Lord. Take it to the nations. Take it to the world. I thank you that our ears are open. Our eyes can see. Give us vision. Give us inspiration. I pray for the prophetic this morning in every home, every family, and indeed every nation in the world. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless us and bless the nations as we minister today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just as we were singing there, one of the, the scriptures that came to my mind is that Jesus said, this gospel will be preached in the whole world, in all nations, and then I will return. And over, the, over time, many people have mocked that. They will say, how can the gospel be preached in all nations? You know, in the last six or seven days, I don't know how many nations I alone, just me, have been preaching in through different mediums. And can you imagine if you extrapolate that around the world? The gospel is being preached in the whole world. Today, because of lockdown, because of Zoom, nations, people who were never connected, people who were so distant, now they're so isolated, they're having to connect. This is a strange day. For me, it's even a warning. The gospel is... They said, what will be the sign of your return? One of those signs, when you see the world connected... The world is connected now. Every eye will see one day, folks. Surely, what more do we need? I've done many series in my life. I've done many series. Hundreds of them. But this one's just kind of knocked me back. Maybe because it's all new to me. Everything in this series has been new. <laughs> new to me. New revelation. That What I saw with David is new. With Judas is new. With Jezebel is new. New. And today's message also new. Today's character we don't hear of very often. It's Lot's wife, Mrs. Lot, right? Lot's wife in scripture. She's famous for one thing. She looked back. She walked a long way with her husband, you know. She went a long way with God. They were righteous people, as they were described, for a long time. But she didn't end well. Some people start really well. They have 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you don't have any fear for them. And that's what she did. They were righteous people, living in a wicked place. And somehow that wickedness of the world, it eroded and eroded and eroded whatever good was in Lot's wife and she didn't end well some people fall away in the first six months of knowing Christ some people fall away in the middle of that race and Jesus said remember Lot's wife Woof. when they asked him about the end times Jesus said remember Lot's wife in other words some people fall away in the end some people will fall away after 10 years with me or 20 years with me. Not everybody falls away in the beginning. 
fascinating thing that Jesus Christ himself said remember Lot's wife he did there were many women in the Bible many wonderful women Esther he didn't say remember Esther did he Ruth Naomi the woman with the issue of blood Deborah there's many wonderful women but we're not told to remember them funny that isn't it Jesus said two things about remembrance remember me when you celebrate communion and remember her so what on earth is so important about Lot's wife can someone tell me because I didn't know to be honest with you till this week this is new in Germany in a city called Cologne in New Year's Eve 2015 to 2016 New Year's night in the city of Cologne many women were raped on the same night in fact across the nation of Germany on New Year's Eve 2015-2016 1,200 women were sexually assaulted on the same night this was bad for politics and for re-election of the government and so they tried to suppress what had happened they didn't want it getting out to the nations but because of national pressure and women's groups and lobbying eventually this story came out there was around 2,000 men across Germany on the same night through the same few hours that raped and attacked 1,200 women quite shocking don't you think and the result of the government the result of the investigation eventually which took about three years was that now <laughs> They deploy troops on the streets. They deploy on New Year's, because there's many celebrations in Germany. It's part of their culture. Now they have troops who monitor the crowds to protect the women. They found it necessary to intervene. Well, let me tell you, as shocking as Cologne is, as shocking as Germany was that year, this is nothing in comparison to Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot's wife was called to leave Sodom and Gomorrah and the German government sent in the police well God sent in fire and brimstone God annihilated the place and how ironic it is that when they asked Jesus what will it be like at the end times he said it will be like the days of Noah and like the days of, of Lot exactly what we will see today let me read to you some of the situation Lot has made a series of foolish decisions for whatever reason, selfish reasons, he chose to establish his life around sinful people. It says he encamped closer and closer to Sodom. Why on earth would you do that? He had choices, he had options. Lot begins by making silly choices, you know, based on expediency and, 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 and comfort. So he moves to a bad place and all the trouble starts, the society falls apart and God sends angels. God loves Lot and sends angels to call him out. But you know, he didn't want to go. He was very comfortable there. Genesis, I'll read it to you, chapter 19. With the coming of the dawn, the angels urged Lot. Well, why would you have to urge him? What's wrong with him? With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away with, when the city is punished. 
when he hesitated, right there he is, the men grasped his hand and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters and led them to safety out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back. There's the famous statement. Don't look back. And don't stop anywhere near this place. Don't stop near these people. Get away. Flee to the mountains. Or you will be swept away. Verse 23. By the time they reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. And then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. Verse 26, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And then when this issue comes up, in the Gospels. Jesus is working miracles and the crowds are convinced this is the Messiah. So people who've been born blind, people who've dead body, I don't know how often you've been around a dead body, De dead body's a pretty convincing thing you know. And Jesus is walking around and proving the supernatural power. So these people are totally aware this is the Christ, this is the Messiah. So in this panic, they say to him, what will be the, the, the end of the world? Tell us so that we can find salvation and not be destroyed. And this is his reply in Luke 17. Um, the Pharisees asked him, what will the coming of the kingdom look like? What will the next age? And Jesus says, verse 26, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days when the Son of Man returns. People will be eating and drinking and marrying and given in marriage right up until Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking and buying and selling and planting and building. But the day that Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down and destroyed them all. It will be just like this when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one should go up onto his, uh, no one who is on his housetop, whose possessions are in the house, should go down to get them. Likewise, no one is, who is in a field working, they shouldn't go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. <laughs> Jesus says this, remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life, what was she trying to keep? Whoever tries to hold on to their past, whoever tries to keep that, you're going to lose it. And whoever gives up that life will save it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in a bed. One of them will be taken and one of them will be left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One of them will be taken and one of them will be left. And I could add, there will be children left without their parents, children who are born again and parents who are not. And there'll be parents left without their children at this event, the second coming of Christ. So really serious stuff. And I, I, I've been moved in, in every way 
this week just thinking about this woman. This is a woman, by the way. Pretty obvious statement, but there are certain characteristics that females have that men definitely don't have. Women are much greater communicators and they're much more inquisitive. So Lot was able to leave, right? He's able to go, like Abraham. Lot didn't know what he was really doing, didn't know where God was taking him, but he's cozy with that. Abraham walked off, he didn't know where he was going. I see men. Men have a certain disposition. But see this woman? No. You know? It's the same with my wife. When I say to Mary's, let's go for a walk. Now, if I said that to a man, go for a walk, the man gets up and put his coat on. I said to my wife, she suddenly starts doing things. Looking around the house and doing stuff. And I think, well... I said go for a walk. Why have you gone and started doing this? What, what is this you're doing? And then I'll say, she'll say, where are we going? I said, well, we're going to go to Tesco's. Well, what, what, you know, when are we coming back? And here comes the questions, questions, questions. She wants to know everything that's going to happen. This is motherhood. This is mother care. This is female nature. It comes from the need for protection and security. And it has its place where it's a blessing. But my oh my, it wasn't a blessing here. Ladies, you got to learn to walk by faith. you got to learn sometimes you're not going to get an answer. Even though that answer may be there. For your own sake, you may not receive it. That's the first thing I see in it. You know, a second thing I see in this situation where she's looking back. Myself and my wife do marriage guidance every week, virtually every single week of our lives two or three sessions of marriage guidance online with different churches across Europe because we have responsibilities there. Um, many marriages get in trouble. Many marriages get in trouble. And one of the things you find with marriage is if it's not going well in the counseling sessions, if, the couple, if, if, if people feel that they're not getting what they want, do you know what they start doing? They start going back. <laughs> they start going back further and further. You know, Say, well, you did this last year. Well, you did this 10 years ago. And oh, please, please, please. They go back further and further. So whatever it was in Lot's wife, she was definitely looking back. She, was, she wasn't maybe getting what she wanted. She didn't want to go to this Zoar. I'm going to stay here. And she started reaching back. And that's not a good idea. When Pastor Peter Finch was here, <coughs> after his visit to us, I remember I, I <coughs> excuse me, I gave a message called God, God is the God who closes doors. God is the God who closes doors. And I used the example of Heathrow Airport. There's an airlock. There's double doors, automatic doors, and then there's an airlock, and then there's more automatic doors. I'm sure you've all been through that. You approach it, and you, you, the doors open, and you must enter in. You must go all the way. If you linger in the doorway, it's not going to work. You're not going to get through to the next part of your life. You have to go in. You have to step through. And then you stand still, and then the doors close behind you. Only when the doors close behind you are you able to move forward. And this is the story of Lot's wife. She was lingering lingering too long and my oh my did she get some swift judgment from God because he had been very gracious to her 
<coughs> and this was an abuse of that great grace that this couple had received. That's a warning in and of itself. A few quick points that I see. Point number one, or lesson number one from Lot's wife. We are all creatures of habit. I love my routines. I love getting up early. I love my prayer time in the morning. I love my routines. That's human nature. Trouble is we get a degree of security from those routines. I don't think God likes some of my routines. I, once I start putting my security and my comfort zone, you know, I form that little thing. If you look at scripture, God is very, he, he, he upsets a lot of routine. Lockdown 2020. God likes to, to, to toss everything in the air and cause lots of change because we start to get our confidence and our security in this life. We start to have our faith in our great security, our great stability. And when you start doing that, your heavenly father who loves you, he sees your faith in him. He sees your perceived need for him start to diminish. He shakes up your world. Why has this happened to me? But these are temporary losses. So that your faith might be kindled or rekindled. So the first thing I see in Lot's wife is very excusable, very understandable and very normal. I like my routine. This is my home. This is my place. The second thing I see in her, she couldn't believe that there was anything better. She couldn't see when God's calling her to leave some, leave this. This is all I know. She couldn't believe that there was something greater, something better than Sodom and Gomorrah if only she would step in. And to be honest, as a woman, I think she probably had some degree of self-worth tied up in that city. As sinful as it was, I think some of her value, some of her self-esteem, she was receiving from that sinful group. And maybe she didn't want to leave that behind. You need to get all of your self-worth from who? You need to get it from God Almighty. As once you start getting worth from people, you're going to be tempted like her to say, well, I'm not going to follow God. I want the praise. I want the recognition that I used to get with my culture. I want to go back to my people. They know who I am. Right? I'm back there. I'm somebody. But following you, God, and nobody. I want to go back. I want to go back. And she did. She looked back. Thirdly, I would say, ultimately, the weakness in Lot's wife was a lack of faith. That's what it was. She could not somehow believe. She didn't have the faith for it. To move into the next phase. I wonder what the next phase of your life is. <laughs> Goodness me. Things have, things have gone up a gear. The world is changing so rapidly. So fast. It's incredible. Can't even keep tabs on it. It's moving so quickly. Right, so I wonder how many airlocks you're going to have to go through. You're going to have to keep moving guys. Don't get attached. Don't let these things hold you. She lacked faith. Because faith without works is dead. And she couldn't do that work. She couldn't take that step. Couldn't take the action. 
And I have to ask this question because it would be remiss of me not to. So this city is famous for sexual debauchery. It's been famous for all history for this. So what was it that Lot's wife wanted in a city like that? Did she have some perversions even within herself? Bible doesn't tell us. But was there something wrong? Was there some temptation or some weakness that was drawing her back? Uh, you have to ask that question. This is described, you know, historically as one of the worst cities in the world. It was, uh, if you read the in, in Genesis, sorry, I've forgotten the scripture. In Genesis, you will see there, Genesis chapter 19. It says they wanted to, to rape the angels. But what it says is the whole village wanted to rape the angels young and old that's what it says the whole society all the men young and old this was a family thing this was a community thing that's just not perceivable but that's what it describes goodness me why would you want to go back there what's wrong with you how is this affecting you she couldn't leave can't let things go can't let things go some people are hoarders you know got to keep everything in our apartment we've got good Wi-Fi inside the apartment and when I'm on a call especially international calls it's fine in the apartment but I get a problem when I go out on our balcony I go outside because then it switches to 4g and there's a little bit of no man's land and if i linger it's somewhere around the balcony door if i linger there i'm neither in wi-fi neither am i in 4g and the call drops and i figured it out after losing so many calls oh i see either be in the apartment or get out on the balcony but don't stay in the middle make your mind up make your mind up where are you going to go who are you going to serve <coughs> And if this world has started to get a grip on you, man, you, you need to, to pray and fast. Pray and fast. And let God fill you up again. I said at the beginning, some people fall early. Some people fall late. That's a terribly sad thing. I'm sure the people looking at her would have thought, well, she's great. She'll never leave the Lord. She'll never turn back. That was her public reputation little did they know what was going on inside you know my salvation I, I have to follow the Lord all the days of my life we were talking about this in LIW on, on, on Friday God saves me and I thank God for that but I have to walk with him there's a great theologian called David Pawson one of my favorite he's a gift to the church David Pawson and I printed out this statement from him yesterday. He preached this a few years ago. He was talking about God's part in salvation and, and my responsibilities. He says this. The Bible says that God is able to keep me. And in the same context, it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. And almost everywhere you find this balance. The Apostle Paul says, I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him. And in almost the next verse, 
the Apostle Paul says, I have kept the faith. So this keeping of the faith is a combination of me keeping an active trust in God. Nowhere does it say that God is certain to keep me. Rather, it says God is able to keep me as long as I keep an active trust in him. And David Pawson goes on to describe that pastors avoid this statement from Paul in Romans. And Paul finishes this same argument with this statement. If you do not continue in his kindness, you will be cut off. That's what the Apostle Paul says. That's what the Bible says. If you do not continue in his kindness, you too, born again Christian friend, you too can be cut off. So I see, I see Lot and Lot's wife lavished in the favor and the blessing of God, becoming very presumptuous about the goodness of God towards them. Maybe they felt a bit special. And did you notice that the angels took Lot by the very hand? Took him by the hand. I mean, talk about spoon feeding. Took him by the hand. Took his wife by the hand. Took the two girls by the hand and led them out. I mean, how, how, how more personal can you get? So you're not just being rescued. You're being mollycoddled. We're helping you, for the sake of Abraham. We're helping you. We're pouring you. <coughs> and still she looks back. She doesn't do her part. So God was faithful. God was able to keep. God was attempting to keep. But she would not continue her walk. Do you get it? Do you get it? I have sat with many people over the last few years and it's a great pain in my heart because, you know, say somebody's going to do something, something wrong and they'll come to me and I'll privately meet them and stuff and I'll explain, that, you know, this is a potential loss of salvation issue. If you continue down this road, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And I'll talk with them and I'll hold their hand and I'll pray with them. But you know, with some people, even if an angel came, even if an angel came and took your hand, some people still go back. They still go back. So you can't judge God. People have free will. And that is exemplified in Lot's wife. The fifth thing I see, which is a much more general point, is that the mistake she made, she's not the first. Uh, who was a, uh, Pastor Emma, I think, a few weeks ago, was showing us the, the, the Hebrew people and when they got out they, they were in Egypt with all the sin of Egypt and when they got out into the wilderness and God was going to bring them to the promised land what did they want? They want to go back uh, they want to go back I miss my cucumbers I miss my garlic I want to go back again not just that the Egyptians had false gods they had golden calves so even though God was delivering them so graciously and so powerfully, we want the gods of our past. We want the gods of Egypt. Let's build a golden calf. Absolutely incredible to think that. But that's what they did. And that ended in disaster. <coughs> Sixthly, it's important when, looking at, when thinking about looking back and, and the great dangers there, it's important, many of you are called. Many of you have a calling. The calling is a very, very precious thing. It's also a dangerous thing. Don't mess about with your calling. <laughs> Don't mess about with your calling. 
pretty swift judgment, you know, from God when you start to play games with the calling of God in your life. Jesus said this, If anyone puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he is not worthy of me. If anyone puts his hand to that plow and looks back, that person is not worthy of, of the calling to which I have called them. So I would encourage you, get a, get a strong grip on the calling of God, and then you need to be a little bit ruthless, not like Lot's wife. You need to be a little bit ruthless in pursuing that. And by the way, it has to remain God. God has to remain your God. He has to remain your focus right until the end. Don't be like her who followed for, I don't know, decades probably, and then in the end, turned back or looked back. Seventh point, even the mighty apostle Peter, when the trouble came, when the problems came, the powerful apostle Peter, remember what he said? I'm going back to fish. <laughs> I'm going back to fish. I'm going back to my previous profession. I'm going back to the thing that I know. I'm secure as a fisherman. I know fishing. His faith wavered and he wanted to go back. Ray Belfield died a couple of years ago. He was my overseer for more than 10 years. And he drove me to Glasgow. He was asking me to go there and supervise the church. And I didn't, I'd never hardly been to Scotland. I didn't know anything about it. But I will never forget the journey in the car on the way to Glasgow. He really discipled me very profoundly. And one of the things he said to me was, Mike, and we're driving, <laughs> we're driving up. I'm leaving my past behind. Mike, Never live up to your previous achievements. Never try to repeat the, like the glories of, I can, of, of your past. Never, never do that. Always keep looking forward. Always keep a forward focus. Don't linger back there. The good and the bad. Leave it behind you, Mike. Leave it behind you. So I took the church in Glasgow. That happened. And I spent 12 years of blood sweat and tears my money my life my exhaustion my energy sleepless nights and it was a great success my first wife i buried her there in the foundations of our church if you know what i mean and then the day came when it was time to move on i felt god called me to leave i felt rick felt the same thing and a dear friend of mine, Pastor Roy Varghese, came in. And I gave Roy the keys. I gave him the keys of the thing that I'd given everything in. And then I turned and walked away. And the emails began to come up after about six months from Roy. Hi, Mike. Can you come back and preach? <laughs> Would you come back? I said, no. And then like nine months or one year, Mike, can you give us a date where you can go back and come back? I said, no, sorry, can't do that. And then the emails become more, you know, regular. What's the problem? And in the end, I had a little conversation with Roy. Roy, you can't go back, man. You can never go back. Two reasons I don't want to come. Number one, it's no good for me. Go forward. The second reason is it's not good to teach your people to go back. Teach your people to go forward. Teach your people to press through the airlock. Why do you linger there? 
What is your power? What grip does that have on you? Are you afraid to go forward? Are you afraid? Is that what it is? Press on, friends. Press on. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing there for you. It's dead and gone. This world will be judged. And everything that we see is a warning of that. Everything we see. So I encourage you today, close the door on the past in Jesus' name. And may God open the door of your future. You can walk worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You can do it. You can do it. Get your loyalties straightened out. Put your hand to the plow, which is Jesus Christ, and serve God and God only. My conclusion today <coughs> is this. When you hear messages on Lot's wife, every message you'll ever hear says one thing. Don't look back. Everybody knows her for one thing. But actually, the angel said three things. Three things, not one thing. Three clear commands. The first thing the angel said is, Run! 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 Escape! Escape! And it says that Lot was reluctant to move. There was no urgency. There was no alarm. There was no awareness of the impending doom. And even when he was told of the doom, he still had no energy to escape the coming wrath. That was the first command. The second command, or part of the command, was don't look back. Run for your life. Don't look back. <coughs> and the third part, don't stay anywhere near this place. Don't stay anywhere near these people. Get away from this. Run for your life as far as you can go. And by the way, if you read the text, Lot negotiated with the angels so that he could stay closer than they had originally intended. He went to Zohar. That was a bargaining by him. He didn't want to get too far away. Maybe he fancied going back. Well, if I get fed up, if I'm not getting my own way, I'll go back to my culture. I'll go back to my old ways. God has opened a door for you. God has opened a door for you. And you, do, you need to leave your past securities. You need to get your self-worth from Jesus Christ. Heavens above, if you're born again, are you born again? Are you alive? You're special. Chosen. Someone has sacrificed for you. Sacrificed all for you. Now respond to that sacrifice. And lay down your life for his will. Do you know in conclusion. The apostle Paul put his hand to the plow. <coughs> but Paul is like any other human being. He had personal desires you know. Paul loved Asia. Loved Asia. And he, he's praying and he, he's, he's really a super apostle. You know, he's not just an apostle, but Paul's an outrageous apostle in my opinion. He's an incredible human being. And Paul probably thought, well, I've done so much for the Lord. They've whipped me, they've killed me, they've, you know, they've done everything. I'm sure I'll be able to get something I want. <laughs> so Paul starts his desire, his wish, his dream, his plan. And he's going to go and preach in Asia. Listen to this. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Pergia and Galatia, 
having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching. Wow. The Holy Spirit stopped Paul from preaching. Wow. Sometimes it's a good thing that you can't lead, right? Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. This was his baby. This is what he wanted to do. So what are you going to do, Paul? You're going to ignore God and go to Asia anyway? What are you going to do, Paul? So Paul has a passion for this ministry and God says, no, not a word, not a whimper from the great Paul. And then it says this, when they came to the border of Mysia, now you've got to get to the border of Mysia. So God says you can't go to Asia. You just drop the ball and you turn and you listen. You don't try and manipulate. So Paul just accepts it and then he waits. And here's the wonderful line. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit stopped them again. So they passed by Mysia and they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision. Here it comes. The will of God. You put your hand to the plow, but you still got your own plans and your own desires and your own history. Uh, my own past. I can always go back, can't I? During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over here. This is Europe. We're in Europe. <coughs> come over here and help us. And the Apostle Paul seen the vision. He got ready immediately to leave at once and to preach the gospel in Asia. I don't think, uh, in Europe. I don't think Paul had any heart for Europe at that point. But you see, he had his own human dream. And that God was going to open up 13 books of the Bible, going to take the gospel to the whole world. But first of all, I need to test you, Paul. I know what you like. Give it to me. Give it to me. Will you put it down? And Paul puts this small thing down and boom! The gospel goes to Europe and all over the world and history was changed because of this one man being willing to put his hand to the plow and not look back my final final words to you this morning if you're going to do something do it now if you're going to obey the Lord. Obey him now. Don't linger. Don't hesitate. Just go ahead and do it. And do it now. And may God bless you and equip you and favor you. But once you turn, you don't look back now. Remember Lot's wife. Lord, of all the characters we've looked at, this is the only one that you yourself, Lord Jesus, instruct us to consider and to not make her mistake. I pray that all of us will make a clean break with our histories, whether good or bad, and our self-worth will be in the Lord God Almighty. Forgive us for lingering in any way in our past. Forgive us for uh, reluctance to follow you and today I pray that spirit of repentance in every home every family and on me and on my wife help us 
put our hands to the plow and serve you. No matter where it is or what it is, your will is always best. So we bow before you today and honor you as Lord. Come and be Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.